Welcome back to Guest Talk Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, relationships, and so much more. This is our introduction series, episode three. Yes, and we'll be introducing the middle siblings. Um, so, I'm going to ask the questions, you guys will answer, and we'll just, natural conversation, don't think too hard, okay? That's All right. It. Okay. So, first question, let's introduce who you are and in what number do you fall in in the siblings line? I'm Janae. I am the middle of nine. Which number are you? I am number five. Okay, go ahead. Next. I am Daryl, and I am the fourth oldest. Okay. And, um, there is also David, but he's not going to be a part of this. He'll probably be coming in on other content later, but we couldn't get him in turn right now. So we're going to just move on. Um, first question, what, we can start with DJ since he's older and, and then you can answer after. Um, what is your perspective on life before we moved to Maryland and growing up in our Christian household? My perspective of life before Edgewood and you said and growing up in a Christian household. Um, Hmm. So I would say before we came to Edgewood, we lived in Philly mostly. Um, I would say a lot of living with a, with people and um, roaches and and uh, you know just hood stuff. Okay. Well, like, what memories did you have from growing up? Like things that are like that stuck out to you the most. Things that, you know. Um, any traumatic experiences? Any all types of traumatic experiences? Um, life before I enjoyed just changing different schools a lot. Um, yeah, pretty much a lot of moving around from house to house. Okay, so Jenny, what's your perspective on life before we moved to Maryland? Before moving to Maryland, it was uh, un, um, the instability. Instability? Instability. Why is she giving me the face of instability? I said it wrong. Instability, where the stability wasn't established completely. So, um, yeah, so I remember just like moving to South Philly, it was a two bedroom, you know. Uh, and nine children, well, eight at the time, were piled up on a bunk bed. So I remember just the feeling of not having a stable living situation. Um, if we weren't piled up on one bunk bed, we were all piled in one room. If we were in, when we were in South Philly, I mean West Philly as well. So um, the living situation was always uh, rough. Um, the trauma from roaches was real. It was like rolls of them. Um, yeah, the, just not knowing until I grew up that the households were probably not the best um, for children at that time, especially the one that's South Philly. It was definitely not for children. Um, West Philly had too many people going in and out of the doors, doing too many things. So just um, the covering of children in that household, even though it was family, you can't trust everybody, and they had brought their friends. It was just a lot of movement. Um, 
and West Philly. So from West Philly to South Philly, just Philly alone, just it wasn't the best experience for a child at the age of eight. Just that's the Philly right there. So you didn't really enjoy being in Philly when you were in Philly. I enjoyed <coughs> hoagies. I enjoyed cheese sticks. I did not enjoy roaches. I did not enjoy having to never experience having my own room. I didn't enjoy um, never being able to have nice clothes or nice shoes or never having my own real toys because it was so many people I couldn't we couldn't get toys. Or being so dangerous in the neighborhood that you weren't even allowed to go nowhere. Get off the porch or leave we the were corner. most of the time in Philly we were porch bound. We, we couldn't leave were. the block. Definitely porch bound. And it'd be like thirty of us on the porch. That's an old old enough to yeah. wander to the the corner of the block. Yep. That was as far as there. But it came to a benefit though because remember that it was an accident. It was a lot of stuff. Like going always on the corner. If you yeah. stepped off the corner it was an accident right there. So it was kinda like as looking back at it now, it's like, oh it was a reason. It was constant accidents. Um I want us to kind of lead on to sharing more like your memories with daddy, sharing how he was as a father, what it was like um, learning, and what was it like for you learning that your dad was murdered? First, start off with just sharing how he was as a father, like growing up with him, his um, structure, you know, of life. My daddy was very militant, um, big on respect. Um, a man of few words, um, but when he says something, you moved. Um, uh, he worked two, three jobs if he had to, whatever he needed to do to um, provide, provide. Mm -hmm. and for us to never go back to what we once experience. So, um, he would work hard, hard working man, um, and also would come home and cook and clean and help with homework. Like he did it all. Okay, so, um, how was it for you learning about him being murdered? Like, what was that? Going back to those memories of that time, what was you feeling? What was going on through your head? Like, just, you know, what was it like for you understanding and learning that, that, you know, that your dad was murdered? Um, when I learned my dad was murdered, anger, revenge, um, cold heartedness, like, basically I, my heart just kind of, I didn't want to lose anybody like that again, so I kind of just cut off. Um, allow people to get close. Yeah, I wouldn't allow anyone to get close. I just cut off all emotional ties, pretty much, um, around that time. And, uh, yeah, so same here. He was very um, militant, but also a good father. Especially for his girls, he was always there to just hug you and to coddle you and to talk to you and to tell you that you're beautiful and to work with you on um, homework, especially homework, because I was struggling a math. I remember him just always 
I got you. He said, before I go to work, I'm going to make sure you knock out this man for going to get you to understand. He was always there for education. Um, just very loving, very patient. Um, strong beliefs on, um, in, in faith alone. Believing that, um, you know, you pray for everything. You talk to God. You seek his face before you do anything. Move with God. And he was very stern in it. A man who always carried his Bible. Always had his Bible with him, died with his Bible. So it, um, yeah. So even when it comes down to him being murdered, it kind of left this feeling of you believe in God so much that you know what the Bible says. You know, if you believe that, you know, in the Bible, God rose again from the dead. So I think for me, it was more so I believed he was going to raise it up. I'm like, oh, I didn't even cry at his funeral because I'm just like, I'm just waiting for him to get up. What we doing? I even remember talking to DJ and David about it. Like, so what? You, yeah, he could get up. They like, yeah, because you know in the Bible he rose. They, Jesus rose again. It's probably one of those type things. <laughs> so it was one of those situations where we didn't believe it. It took me a long time to believe he wasn't coming back because in my mind I was set that I believe in God. Daddy believed in God, so he's coming back. It's he coming. We just gotta wait. <laughs> Go ahead, what you gonna say? Um, now, as we have age, uh, gotten, gotten older, do, looking back, is, was that a healthy mentality to carry? Probably not, because it's not a sense of That's feeling ever. Told. But why not? Because it's not us, you're not letting go of the back, like somebody just died. I mean, like, at some point she said she had to, she understood where, that it, it took was us happen. a couple of years, though, for us to get to the point. We had to accept it. To accept it, truly accept it, and be like he's process. gone, he's gone, cause it was, it was like a year long of just like, oh no, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's coming back. Don't worry. Oh, I think I saw Daddy, or I just had a dream about him. So mm -hmm. that means he's coming back, and to kind of feed that hope, I don't think it was a positive thing to do. To feed it, you should just let it go and, and carry on with life. That's what I. Okay. Um, is there any other like memories that you want to like share and like touch on of like just growing up in your youth and whatnot? Things that went on and memories that you like really stuck out. <clears throat> um, I would say um, maybe summertime out Philly. This is before Ezra, right? Either Edgewood or before, however, you know, any. Uh, before Edgewood, it would be summer times out Philly, um, block parties. Water ice. Water ice pretzels. Double Dutch. Double Dutch on the block. Um, I always say block parties, though. Yeah, the unity. Yeah, just the community. The um, sense of family. Yeah, the sense of family and community of um, the block for was really, I miss that. Um, do you remember when we tried to bring it to Edgewood, when we tried to do the block party? Yeah, we, we, had, we brought that culture actually, so to fast forward to when we actually moved to Edgewood, mm -hmm. we kind of brought that culture to the block when we moved to Edgewood to B Court. Because we got the petition signed to have the black party. Michael had got the stage put up in the grass and he had a whole like thing. 
and we were and all our neighbors were pretty yeah. much cool. Even another story was when uh, I had gotten into an altercation in front of the house, mm -hmm. and three of my neighbors came outside to fight with me. So it was like. It's like you don't really get that type of community, no. that type of family, um, in the county, or like in a court. This is not the block. You in a court, a cul-de-sac or something like that. You feel me? And but just cause the type of culture and the type of energy we carry, they they rocked out with us no matter what we did. Like our neighbors, our brothers, our friends. They there for us, so, um, yeah. Do you remember ever like serving the community with that at all? I know Sh Michelle and Shamar and Michael, they're older, so they kind of have more memories going back of like different things with that and things that he did. Did do you remember like him like, serving the community ever or like church going like any like things like that 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 kind of like instilled in us growing up? Like, do you remember anything like that? Um, I do. He used to be our um our. Or like Bible teacher. study teacher or not at church. At church. He was like our the, he was like the youth, pastor. youth pastor. That's, That's what he was. Yeah. So yeah, um he definitely impacted and he was our substitute too. So um our school substitute. Mm -hmm. So he actually impacted us in spirituality by teaching us, you know, the Bible, the word, and how to do it in a community, in a group of people our own age by using the youth around us. Mm -hmm. Um so that really did impact their lives because those it impact them too because they still talk about him today same as when he was substituting from i remember person substituting from my fifth grade class and um him being killed shortly after that but substituting for that class him teaching them michael's raps and like teaching the kids about god through music he mm -hmm. didn't like inflict it he just was like hey during certain times i'm going to do push-ups to motivate y'all to do this work and i'm also going to play some rap music for y'all. It was just because it was a beat that was nice. They didn't care what it was, what was being played, but it was something positive, some positive type of music, which he was always positively impacting children, and that was his thing. Impacting children, that's my main memories. Is him just always finding a way or a certain niche to change somebody's life. Like, how can I do it without just throwing God in your face? I'm gonna do it, you know, through music through entertainment, through some type of form of just um, interaction. Okay. Now, looking back, um, you know, as an adult, and coming from a place of understanding and grace and understanding of how we all kind of was going through grieving and losing daddy and, and we all, you know, going through this all together and going back with a mindset of understanding and grace. Um, what decisions do you think you would choose to do differently to maintain the structure of our family? And just like I asked the older siblings, like I, I just gave them some examples like therapy or like being more of a support to mom of some sort. <clears throat> I said financial support for them because they were older, but y'all wouldn't have been able to be a financial support. But anything do you feel like in any choices that you made around that time would you want, would want to have done differently? I would say definitely I would have took therapy. <clears throat> and I would occur. I'm, I'm gonna Do you remember when mom asked about therapy, or you don't really remember? I remember when therapy was asked, and I remember when therapy was rejected. Oh, okay. Both, and when it was rejected by 
all of us though like I mean it, there was really not I don't remember one person saying yeah let's do therapy yeah I don't think I remember anybody saying yeah because at that age it was a stigma behind it where only white people and crazy kids get therapy <laughs> and we could not accept that we was crazy to get therapy even though it would have probably helped us to grow up to be better functioning adults mentally physically and emotionally but at that time especially on tv you only seen white crazy people and their kids who was stabbing kids we, was, we had crazy stuff but still we wasn't that crazy crazy enough for therapy that's what our that's mentality we, we was we didn't think we was crazy enough and we therapy. were all young we weren't as so we were all young and we all were you know even if we were young TV. i feel like the we the older ones or even our mom, somebody should have took charge and made us go to therapy. See, but somebody, well, see, but you got to also think about her mentality too. She wasn't raised in the era of therapy being right. something. Of and course. she was young. So when you think about our ages now, she wasn't too much older than us. We got friends her age at that time who was 35, 36, right. 37. So their mentality was the same as ours. So she like, I mean, I'm not going to push you because I don't know what I'm pushing you out towards because I have no knowledge mm -hmm. of this. You know, you got it. So you got to think of that side. Like, but I'm just speaking on what could change, what could have could have changed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Was, um, the adults being adults and leading. In but at the same time, way. remember, everybody's not, going through a grieving process. Everybody is. And she's going never been a leader. She has never she's been a leader. Been so you, yeah. it, I feel like if the men at that time, the younger men like Shamar, Michael, would have said, "Let's do it," she would have been more ready to do it because it would have been support behind the idea. But, but they because, weren't raised that way either. Exactly. So it was like, it, that's where therapy would have came in. They would have needed somebody, an outside source, to say, hey, I'm encouraging you to do That hey, they respect it, like Uncle Jeff or something like yeah. that, that said, hey, y'all should do therapy, then we probably would have went that route. But, you know what I mean? I feel like but a lot of them the way the route I did anything, take, so. though, the route I did take, even though I didn't take therapy, I kind of... Uh, Worked on myself, did therapy on myself a lot. I studied therapy. My, one of my best friends, he just graduated from being a therapist, and so I would like you know bounce ideas off of him, or I would read one of his one of his books like Therapy One on One and stuff like that. And so I would learn about the inner child and stuff, and kind of just work on myself and try different psychology tactics on myself, and it worked. For the most part, I still got a lot to work on, but I'm definitely better than where I've been. Okay, so back to the question. So what differently would you would have done, the choices that you made, what differently would you have done to maintain our family structure? Whoever wants to start. What would we have done to maintain our what family What would you have structure? done differently to help maintain what our I structure? Have, would have done differently to maintain our family structure. Um, being, I feel like not being one of the older ones, my voice was, wouldn't really been heard. So, what is something you wouldn't have seen? Um, something that I would have seen. That would, you would, want, would have wanted would, uh, to have Would have, would want to see. Yeah. Would be, um... I think just financial stuff, you know, like um, um, 
us being smarter with our finances when we had the money, mm-hmm. when we had the house, <coughs> just being more um, smarter with those or or, or intentional to edu- get educated in those areas. Because um, that's a house that could have last generations. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe just the Bible, right? So like the Bible was a big thing that kept us together. And um, after Daddy died, it kind of it, it some of us questioned God, and so you got some who like blindly stayed in it and then some who questioned God and so there was a division in faith and and then also it kind of just divide in multiple other areas too like we all grieved in different ways and so it's just kind of like um, those two things I guess would be religion and um, just grieving well, what aspect of religion though like you felt like we all should have we like, cause like we used to have we used to have Bible study almost like what once a week pretty much. Oh, you feel like that stuff should have stayed going we should have on continued even after those Daddy traditions. Died, Daddy was the one who would lead he Bible was the one who yes yeah. he was the one who would lead Bible study and um, call it you know hey we have Bible study this day da, 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 da. and so that um, holding those Bible studies having those prayer um, family prayers. family prayers or family worship and stuff like that when that had stopped there was nobody to really when there wasn't anyone to really call those meetings um, or call those gatherings um, nobody felt like they was obligated to go so they everybody just started going their own way start getting under their own teachings and doctrines and kind of Okay. Um, okay, so for Janae, well, same question, what would you want to do, or what would you want have, what would you want it to have seen, or what would you want it to do differently to maintain our family structure? Um, I think mine would be more so the educational side, just um, the pushing of more so educating ourselves and building wealth through, through just knowledge. I think um, having a parent who was pro-education and one who was more so pro-entrepreneurship. Um, just knowing that, now knowing that if we were educated a little more on both education and entrepreneurship at a younger age, we would have been well established as adults a lot better, more stable in our lives. Um, yeah, that's probably it, really for me. Okay, well we can wrap it up then. Well, thank you for joining us today. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Good night.